Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hello and welcome to Off the Beat and Track Podcast. I'm your host, I'm Stu Whiffin. It's another week, therefore, it's another episode. Today's episode, I sit down with Prince Bald. So, Prince Bald of Black Eyed Peas, Prince Bald of Parker Lane, Prince Bald of so many things, TV shows, all manner of musical output, funk and folk and uh, everything in between. This is an absolutely glorious chat. Um, we go all over the place. We get some mad stories of, of, I mean, Prince has produced so many people as well. We get some amazing stories of what it's like meeting Prince, playing on stage with Prince. That's just, Lamont Dozier, so Many stories come up during this. It's it's wonderful. Anyway, before we do any of that, a few thank yous. So I want to thank Hotel Chocolat, who are the official sponsors of this podcast. So thank you very much to those guys and gals over there. Um, it's Christmas time, so go get yourself some lovely chocolate. Get yourself an advent calendar from, uh, from Hotel Chocolat. Otherwise, go check out their alcohol range, because the alcohol range is where it's at. Uh, loads of creamy chocolatey shots, whether it's orange, whether it's the mint, espresso martini, salted caramel, they're all absolutely glorious and I'd highly recommend them. Why? Because I like it. Secondly, because they're the official sponsor of Off The Beat and Track Podcast. I'd also like to thank Scroobius Pip and everybody at the Distraction Pieces Network. It's the home of so many good podcasts and I feel very lucky to be part of that gang. There's another podcast, it's called The Blue Murder Club. And the team over there produced this podcast. So if you like your true crime and you want to know all about grisly murders and strange happenings and, and generally terrible people, uh, head over to the Blue Murder Club. Uh, search wherever you get your podcasts from and go check out that. It's one of the absolute greats in the true crime genre of podcasts. Go get stuck in. If this is your first time listening to Off The Beat and Track Podcast, welcome. You're well late to the party. Um, we've done like 480 episodes of this now. Um, when you get to the end of today's track with Prince, then oh, go and explore my back catalogue because, I mean, we talk about so many genres uh, on today's episode and trust me, I've explored them genres uh, to death on this podcast. Um, actors, I've had some some absolute real heavyweights from David Duchovny through to Maxine Peake. Joe Hartley, Thomas Turgoose, the, the, the list goes on. Musically, producers, I've had William Albert, I've had Fatboy Slim, I've had Butch Vig. Um, if you like your hip-hop, go check out my chats with Yellow Wolf, with Chuck D of Public Enemy. Um, 
And if you like your comedy, Ed Gamble, James Acaster. Oh, if you like your rock and roll, Foo Fighters, uh, Tommy Lee and Motley Crue, the list goes on. Go and have a good old rummage in them archives when you get to the end of today's wonderful discussion with Prince. Um, if you'd like to support the podcast, all I ask is you give us a like, love, share, a follow on the podcast on the on the social media platforms. Other than that, if you'd like to to really support us, um, in the links uh, in the notes to, on this podcast, there'll be some links. You can become a Patreon. That costs you a dollar a month, and you get to watch all the episodes. You get access to live shows, online live shows, radio playlists, radio shows, all sorts of goodies for. Yeah, $1 a month. That's about 20 pence a week. Um, also in them links, there's a buy me a coffee link. So uh, you can just go over there. And if you want to buy me a coffee, you can buy me a coffee. I like coffee, me. Everything you need to know about this podcast is at the one-stop shop, which is offthebeatandtrackpodcast.com. Anyway, that's enough of that. That's all the intro bit done. I know why you're here. So let's get on with it. Please enjoy off the beat and track podcast with the wonderful Prince Bald. It's off the beat and track podcast on the Distraction Pieces Network. Keep me stew with him. <laughs> we are recording, and as you can tell, I've got a guest here today, Prince Bald. How you doing? I'm good, brother. How you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I appreciate your time today. Where are you today? I am in Los Angeles. Lovely. I bet you got sunshine, didn't you? Well, Hollywood, California. Oh, you got sunshine today? I do not. It's dark like Gotham City here. Really? But normally it's sunshine, yeah. <laughs> well, look, before yeah. before we get on with your, your song picks today, Prince, I'm always interested to know um, about the... the, the how creatives fed during the the, the the sort of 18, 19 months of lockdown. So tell me a little bit about, if you can sort of cast your mind back to that time, can you tell me how you found it both both personally and creatively? Um, personally, it was definitely a time of reflection and growth, massive growth, and um, and cleaning cleaning out the, you know, cleaning out the closets in my mind and actually physically. And that was really good for me, especially being a Virgo and um, wanting everything, uh, you know, meticulously in order and clean. And <laughs> so that for me put me in a whole brand new mental state. And I also felt like the pressures of life and creation were everything slowed down. And I felt like, okay, now I can take a deep breath and look around and see what I actually want to do. Yeah. Um, so that that was fantastic. And, you know, to speak to the creative part specifically, it was like um, I finished the most current album that I have. I finished it just before the pandemic. Yeah. And uh, or lockdown, quotes, as you said. And so I had time to sit with that album and actually look at it and be like, is this the thing, you know? And I sat with it and I realized that it was the thing. Yeah. And no matter when, <laughs> no matter when the lockdown ended, uh, came to, you know, halt, I was going to be ready. Cause it musically, 
um, sonically, musically, song-wise, it doesn't have an expiration date. You know, it's not like, oh, you have to put it out because this is the time for this sound of blah, blah, blah. No, it's not that. This, this is a forever album. And then simultaneously, next to that, during the lockdown, I um, started my film and TV world. So I wrote a TV show. Um, I produced it and it was, we did it on Zoom between five different countries. Um, I had 13 actors, I had directors and all the stuff. And we just did it with everybody being at home. But it looks like that everybody was in, you know, in these rooms together and these places together. And um, I mean, with that, <laughs> like, have yeah. you always got, because. I love the kind of punk ethos of what you just said there. Like the idea yeah. of like, right, well, look, all of the stuff that I'm used to working with has been taken away. Right. What, yeah. what have I got left? Okay. I've got this zoom yeah. and, my, and my imagination. What can I do with yeah. that? And like, have, have you always been like that? You know, even from like, we'll, we'll go back throughout the, the, this podcast anyway, but even like <laughs> in the early days with like equipment and things like that, was you always like, right, let's see what I can do, you know, with what I've got at my disposal. Absolutely. And I, I mean, I think at a very young age, I realized that everything that you need is always within reach right around you. And I've just had that that thing in my head. Like, I know that there is an idea out there. I know there's a way to trudge forward, even though it doesn't look like it. I see this wall in front of me, but I'm going to go through it, over it, under it, around it, something. Yeah. <laughs> I've always been like that. I love that. I love. I love that. That sort of punk DIY ethos of like, you know, this is what I've got. This is what I'm going to do, and I'm going to max it. Like, absolutely. Yeah. Right, Prince. Yeah. Let's start yeah. your. Uh, let's start <laughs> your song list, and uh, I'm going to ask you for track one okay. to tell me the song that you regard as having the greatest ever intro. Well, I I thought about it, and I wrote actually several different songs down there. You can have some honourable mentions. And- um, I think I'm going to stick with this one. I'm not even going to go to the other ones because uh, this one not only just shaped part of my childhood um, as a song because it was one of my grandmother's favorites and just a family favorite. We'd play it. My grandmother would play it on the organ. I had the sheet music. I would sit up there and try to claw my way through it. Um, so there's that, but then there's also just the musicality of it and it was like back when because this doesn't happen as much now this is back when people cared about the entirety of the song not just the a bars in the chorus and like they really took the time to make it make make it hooky make it make sense and make it memorable so as soon as you hear that first note almost you're like oh that's the yeah that's my song that's this song and the song is at last by edda james i mean don't get any more beautiful than that does it yeah oh the yeah this the orchestra i mean all the frank sinatra we had around the house to whatever like this that was the one for me yeah in regards to (laughs) to to intros you know talking to the, the 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 songwriter and the producer here like we the the way that we would have bought music as 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 young people and got our music is way different to how how people get their music now, and and we're seeing a world of 
shortening attention spans and TikTok becoming a, a means to get music out there and and that desire to get playlisted on, on Spotify playlists is far different from the, the days of getting your you know your promos on, on radio. I know that still that still is is a thing, but the the, the kind of yeah. more common trends now and, and and things getting shorter and shorter and and you know the, the likes of Spotify meaning that the world is saturated in music and you know you've got to find your way through that. Are you is that ever a consideration? Any of those things when you're creating a piece of music? Do you think you know I've got to get them right from the beginning, or are you? I mean, you can be you can be a bit of both. You can be whatever you want to be, but or are you like my piece of art is my piece of art? But are there ever considerations mm. to? Do you know where I'm going with the question, Prince? It's like yeah, yeah, I do, and I think um, I'm in both worlds. Yeah, um, depending on if I'm doing it for myself, for a film, for another artist, or whatever I'm. I consider that when creating the thing. It's almost like just putting on the different hat. Okay, I'm a producer, so let me look at it from back here. Okay, I'm an artist, I'm in it. So um, in general, though, I would say that I model myself after like a Miles Davis. And, you know, as you said, my punk approach to stuff is like, I'm I'm with the times, you know, I'm, I'm rolling with the times. Yeah. Uh, you know, Miles Davis was a trumpet player and you know, in the sixties, he's playing distorted trumpet over, you know, through a guitar amp and stuff like that. And where, where people are like, what, you know, and he was in front of it. And that's what I did. I tried to do with the black eyed peas stuff. You know, we all try to do that. Yeah. Stay ahead of it, ahead of it. So almost like we, it slowed down when we did what was happening, you know? So anyways, I, uh, yeah, when I'm considering like intros and the lengths of songs and whatnot, it kind of depends on on uh, those three factors, you know, if it's for me, for someone else, or for uh, a licensing situation. If it's if it's purely me and what I want to do, then I naturally have that. Like I wanted to stick stick to your, you know, stick to you, stick to your bones. So I want every piece of that, no matter when you turn the car radio on or turn on the tv and the spotify's on i want every piece of it to stick to you so that's the intro to the verse to the chorus you know the melody the musical part of it like i want it all to you can turn it on and have 10 seconds left of the song and then be like dang that's hooky oh i like that yeah. you know <laughs> i don't want you to miss anything i don't want you to feel like oh my what well, what was the story i wonder let me go back nah <laughs> It's all gonna be. It's all gonna get you. Love it, love it. <laughs> I'm gonna take you back for track two. Tell me the first song that you remember hearing, Prince, that had an emotional impact on you. Um, <clears throat> you know, so many songs. I'm sure when I was in my mom's tummy, she was rocking out, and fortunately, um, I had this. I had all the influences. You know, I mentioned Frank Sinatra before. You know, my grandparents were very very OG, old school kind of vibes. And then um, my mom was very soul. And then my uncle was very um, 80s rock, you know, Devo world. And so I had a lot of these different influences around me. But I think uh, the 
when I read the question, what came to mind was a song called Isn't She Lovely yeah. by Stevie Wonder. And it was, I think that one, I mean, this was a tough one again, you know, because there's so many records. Um, but I think that one was for me uh, the place where I was like, oh, wow. Like, you can really look at a song from different angles and have people have their own version of what that song means to them. Yeah. And the song itself just has this just uplifting feeling like almost, I mean, I got goosebumps right now. just even talking about it um, <laughs> has this really uplifting feeling. And like, if you have no idea what it is, you don't speak English. You feel that song. Yeah. If you do speak English and you listen to it first, first out the gates, you think, oh, wow, you know, this, this Stevie's got a great relationship with it. He really loves this woman. Yeah. And then when you finally dig deeper and you know what's going on, you realize he's talking about his daughter. And that that just blew me away. Yeah. It's just like all the layers. It's like peeling back the layers of an onion, you know, and it's like, wow, you get you get down into it. And you're like, man, he really he really did that. Yeah. <laughs> like every level of it. Yeah. Musicianship, production, melody, lyrics, and then flipping it on his head. And kind of back to what you were saying, like, I don't think he was thinking about any of that. Yeah. But for me, it was like. Wow, that was like I went to my Virgo brain, even as young as I was. It's <laughs> was like, yeah. oh, wow, he did that. Okay, cool. All right, I see that. <laughs> so, yeah. in regards to music now, just going to throw this sort of question in. Uh, as somebody that, you know, will be sort of deconstructing records and trying to put them back to, you know, produce them, you know, pull them apart and, and, and work out what, what, you know, what you feel is going to be the best representation of that, that track. When you hear a record now, whether it be an old tune or, or, or a new record, when you hear it, do you hear it as the artist wants it to be heard? Or have you got your producer head on and when you hear it, you're like, how did I do that? How did I do that? Where did they get that sound from? What's that synth? And like, do you, now you've, do you know what I'm saying? You've sort of seen behind the curtain and, uh, you know, you know how the magic's put together. You know, when you hear a record now, do you ever hear it just on face value of like, wow, bam, perfect. Or do you ever like, what's that? How have they done that? Um, yeah, I'm I am closer to the latter. Yeah. And I've been actually I've been working on that um throughout my life. And I think I'm much better now. Um but the orchestra is always going in my head, you know, the all the layers calculating. Yeah. I mean, I'm immediately calculating that why do I like something and um, you know, how did they do that? Yeah. And if I don't like the same thing, like, damn, I would have changed this. Like they should have done, maybe <laughs> they could have. Um, and that's, you know, when I, one thing I really love is watching movies and films because then that takes that away. Yeah. Like I kind of just get engulfed in the story yeah. and where it's going. And I'm actually starting to uh, 
I'm starting to mess that up too now because I'm getting into film and TV. <laughs> <laughs> you're self-sabotaging your life. What are you doing? <laughs> but I have, I have been trying to work on it, but I would say more often than not, I do like break it down and don't just enjoy it. Yeah. And I, you know, I have this project called Flight of Voices, which is, Maybe I'm perfect for or I'm a terror for because <laughs> I can hear my musical director brain. Like I can hear everybody's note that they're singing. I can hear every chord, every string of the guitar players playing from the top string down or the bottom string up. It's like some, you know, weird Rain Man sonic stuff where <laughs> I immediately can be like, <laughs> okay, fine. <laughs> you know that's crazy, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so people are scared of me in that when I'm music directing. And then, um, and then when I hear songs, you know, back to what you're saying, it's it does happen quite a lot. Yeah. You know, maybe not after a couple glasses of champagne when I'm like, okay, let me relax. But... Um, <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Let's go back to school. Tell me about a song that reminds you of your time at school, please, Prince. Well, once again, I think you know this. These are difficult questions. Mm. <laughs> they're very simple, but they're very difficult. That's the plan. You're like, yeah. Um, so I had three different ones in here because I thought school junior high wait school is also high school yeah wait it's also college yeah <laughs> and so then i thought okay, okay what song reminds me of back then that is feel good made me feel something and made a difference in my life so i had to take it to that you know that's the burning man guy in me <laughs> so i was like it's other fish, other fish in the sea by far side. Yeah. <clears throat> what a record. And I love that record. It's so, it's so simple. And I mean, I, now I'm really good friends with Trey from the far side, yeah. some kid Trey. And, you know, when I met him, I told him about that. We did a show and it was, it was kind of ill. We were in Hawaii and they opened up for us. And it was the far side yellow man and us. And I was just like, I mean, I was kind of like a little puppy, like next to him, like, Hey, can I be your friend? <laughs> <laughs> you know, you guys, this song was really like, but did an impression on my life. So um, other fish for me, <clears throat> why I picked that one ultimately was it made, it made me know that it was possible for me as an artist to move forward why do i say that because other fish was like farside was like in the rap world and you know i was like rapping i had my beat machines i was playing with that blah, 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 but mostly rapping i wasn't really i wasn't thinking about singing at all you know i thought like at that time growing up in columbus ohio you know not coming from a lot of money and being in the quote unquote hood, you're like, 
well, if I'm not rapping and I'm a black guy, nobody's going to respect the music that I'm doing. That's what I thought at that time, yeah. you know, or singing gospel R&B runs and stuff, you know. So when I heard all oh, the fish, I was like, yo, you can actually combine these things. You can do like some rap stuff, like, but with a melody and still be cool. Oh, I'm in there. And then the music was so, you know, it wasn't hard. It wasn't boom bap. It wasn't, you know, like, I got to get my street cred with this. It was like jazzy kind of flow uh, based. And so I played that. I played that record. Like, I mean, man. My walls would be annoyed with me from college. <laughs> it was like this record again. <laughs> but I, yeah, I knew I, I knew that record inside and out, and it really like it really formed uh, the the direction for me. Sure. In a way, uh, from college, I was like, yeah, that's this is the way I'm going. Did you? You're confused in college, and that helps. <laughs> Did you always know what you wanted to be? Did you always want to be a musician? Uh, yeah, I was from the time I started playing on the my grandmother's organ to started. I started playing trumpet when I was ten. It all just came to me naturally, and I used to tell people. I remember I used to be like, people would say, "What do you want to be when you grow up?" Or you know that general question, and it'd be like. Yeah. I'll be uh, a scientist, but I'll be the musician who's a scientist. It always would start with I'm doing music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll be. I mean, I'm a musician, but I think I'll be. <laughs> and so it was always in my bones. And you know what really took it over the hump was when I was in high school in eleventh grade, and my mom bought me a new trumpet. And that's when I decided what I was, I was, that I was going to. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe FDA approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 
college for music because I then realized that the, my original trumpet that she bought me was $25 and the last valve didn't work. Like it didn't even go all the way down. Yeah. But I was still first chair. I was in honor band. I was killing it with this $25 trumpet. She got me the new trumpet and I was like, what the hell? I can play higher, faster, longer, creamier, more beautiful, softer. Like it was, everything was amplified. And I was like, and it was like the heavens opened up and just said, this is your path, my brother. <laughs> oh, that's wonderful, man. That's so cool. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So this is normally when people lose their call. What's the first song that you remember buying from a record store? Well, the first one I bought from the record store was Jam On It by Nucleus. See, that's still cool. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <clears throat> and to be fair, it's like, to go back to where I grew up, it's like we didn't have a lot of bread. So, you know, we had government stuff on the doorstep on the first day of the month kind of stuff, you know? So, so to go out and buy a record and do something like that was big deal. Yeah. And <clears throat> so I remember hearing that record and I just thought, like I heard it on the radio or somewhere and uh, I just happened to be in the area. Like I didn't intentionally go to the record store. I think I was out with my uncle or something like that. And just went to buy this record store, thumbing through stuff. And I saw that like on a 45 and I was like, I gotta have it. <laughs> I gotta have it. <laughs> um, now it was, it was another one of those songs, you know, where it was like in a time where everybody was playing live and blah, blah, blah. And then they did this song that was all like computer sounds, you know, to me at that time, I was like, computer sounds? That's kind of ill. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, and it was like had this B-boy-ishness to it. And I was in B-boy land. So I was like, I got to have that record. Again, my grandmother's walls would be like, <laughs> this record again? <laughs> <laughs> Are you are you like that, Prince? If you find a, a a track that you like, are you are you one of those those people that just has to just play it, play it, play it, play it, play it, play it, play it until you just got it? Fortunately, not anymore. Yeah, but I used to be. I used to be that guy. Now I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty good because I play it once or twice and then it just keeps playing in my head and won't stop. <laughs> is that a good thing or not <laughs> so <I don't> <laughs> um as yeah a, as a young guy um to to want to sort of pursue a career in music is uh you know is, is a wild dream for so many people and was you a confident kid um I was not a confident kid, but it's like, when do you stop the kid thing? Cause I kind of still a big kid. <laughs> 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 um, but I remember distinctly 
everything happened for me when I was 10. I started playing my trumpet when I was 10. I lost my virginity when I was 10. Ten. I, uh, yeah. Jeez, man. And uh, I also, when I was 10, is when I like gained my manhood. My spiritual advisor would art fight me on that and say that that's when I started losing my feelings and started being hard and closing things off. But up until 10, I had a lack of confidence. I had full, it was full of, my house was full of love. Everything was awesome, you know, regardless of the financial constraints and wherever we lived and whatnot, it was like, it was beautiful. My mom was young, quite young. She was 13 when she got pregnant with me. And so we all grew up under the same roof, but up until 10, I was very like, I would cry at the drop of a dime. You know, if somebody didn't pick me on their team, uh, you know, I just didn't, I just didn't have that thing. And then when I was 10, I just, one day I just woke up and I told, um, you're getting the goods now, getting the goods, baby. <laughs> I woke up and told my cousin who I used to ride to school with every day. I said, we're not going to pick up killer anymore. And killer was uh, one of the guys in the neighborhood that kind of like forced us to come over, knock on his window, wake him up, wait outside until he got dressed and then ride to school with him. <laughs> and so I woke up this day and I told my cousin Tyrone, I said, I'm not doing that today. I'm done with that. And he's like, no, we got to We got to go over there. And we gotta, I was like, nah, I'm not doing it anymore. I was like, you know what? And I'm not, I'm not crying at no dumb shit either. I'm, I'm doing what I want to do. <laughs> I don't know where that came from, but after that point, it was like, couldn't nobody tell me anything. You know, I needed to, I needed to just come into my own and just get raw. I remember, you know, and I'm not proud of it. But I remember the biggest bully in school at that time, like, I don't know, it must have been a week or two weeks after that. He said something to me and we were playing basketball and I just threw the basketball in his face, like right in his face. And, you know, he was chasing. He was after me for the next month, like after school at lunchtime, you know, it was like, quote unquote, after me. But so I didn't have any confidence. And then I gained maybe too much confidence or I was, you know, overdoing it. And then I got to the point where I was like, I think later in high school and college and whatnot, I just, I started feeling myself knowing that, you know, I'm pretty, I'm pretty good at this thing called music and um, realized that I was a people person. I could move in situations like with business people. I could move with street people. I could move with and I just started to just gain more and more confidence. I mean, <clears throat> probably not full up, probably not still full up now, you know, because you come across stuff that that challenges that confidence. Sure. Um, and I mean, and that that's inclusive of my current po project. If I can expand to that, um, you know, it's like the confidence that I had with doing Black Eyed Peas and getting 
you know, number one songs and musical directing CeeLo and, you know, all this stuff. It's like, it's like, yeah, like I can do it as a producer, as, as a musical director, as a musician. I like, I'm good. But when I joined the P's to go back, kind of like little do a little rubber band, when I joined the P's, it was uh, Interscope looking at Will I Am's group, like a P's, and uh, and then my group, which is called Gravy, and they asked us to join forces, right? They were like, okay, well, we're gonna sign um, Will and and the two guys, and I want you to hold down the musical element, basically. So we combined forces, which was fantastic for so many people, but for me, back to what you're saying, the confidence, it actually suppressed my confidence now that I'm actually, uh, I'm talking about it. It slowly made my confidence go away in that world. So I joined this, but now I'm in the back, not being in the front, front person. And it moved, it moved me to feel what was happening. And that was, okay, we're in the back. Now we're getting bigger and bigger and we're getting farther to the back, farther to the back to where at the end of it, we were behind a curtain up on a riser a hundred feet from the front of the stage and not revealed until halfway through the song. Sure. I mean, halfway through the set to the show. So I'm like, <clears throat> while I'm the man musical directing this and I have the dancers and I'm calling pyro shots and there's video and there's elevators and I'm, you know, and got these number one songs. Internally, I was feeling less confident in that, in me, because I was getting suppressed, like not good enough kind of thing. So, <clears throat> I mean, we only got so much time here and you're not my therapist. So, um, <laughs> jump forward to, um, <laughs> jump forward to back to the current project, which is when we finally took a break from that, in 2012 to 14-ish window, I found this new, stumbled on this new thing called folk Americana. And I happened to <clears throat> do my project. You need this piece of information, sorry. So I happened to do, when we took that break, I did the Prince Board project. Prince Board and the board members. I mean, I had an all-female band, you know, we were rocking out, we were doing South by Southwest getting crazy, I'm jumping off of speakers. And um, and then I took this project to my label people, slid it, put it on their desk, slid it across the thing, like, check this out, son, I got this. What's up? You know, with this false sense of security. <laughs> I'm like, because at that point, I felt like I knew what the world wanted. I gave it to them, they're like, oh, these are great. Like, who are these songs for? Like, what do you mean, who are these songs for? They're my songs. But they were still seeing me now as the corporate product of of that Black Eyed Peas thing. You know, they're, oh yeah, that's the keyboardist. That's the producer from, instead of seeing me as, as me. And so I looked deep within that and ended up doing a cover of Mumford and Son, I Will Wait. And I mean, I did it super stripped down, it was me, uh, Lucy Graves and um, and Devin, who now plays with uh, Katy Perry, guitarist. And we just sat in a room, 
coolest thing. And I got such a response to it. It was like, it was almost like people were going like, thank God, you know? And I'm like, why are they responding like this? And so <laughs> my, uh, my girl at the time, which was Lucy Graves, she was like, um, maybe we should do some originals like this. Ended up writing 12 songs in this folk format that were like mind blowing to my publishing company. I sent them to my publishing company uh, that was Atlas at the time. And they were like blasting it in the, in the office, playing it over and over and over again. They're like, Whoa, what is this? Where did this come from? Blah, 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 blah. And, <clears throat> and so I figured, you know, well, we got something. And that was like when Parker Lane was born. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, but then within that, I'm still speaking to your original question. Yeah. Then within that, I found because I was so far back on the stage and and then these people heard my stuff and then they thought it was for other artists and I stepped into that performance-wise with a lack of confidence. And it was like, wow, I'm in this world. I'm so open and I'm so like, everybody's just like listening to every breath that I'm and they're staring at us and <laughs> and so it took me like it took me till this current album if i'm honest to be fully me 100 yeah. me and get back to that level of confidence that one wants to have and now i feel with this current album i'm just like i'm standing my my, my shoulders are back you know my chest is out and I, <laughs> You know, I feel like the light is shining right here on me and I'm giving it back and positivity looms in everything that I'm doing. <clears throat> so that was a really long explanation, but I did have a lack of confidence and now I'm back with, I mean, I'm sure that there's some lack of confidence somewhere in there. I can't build a rocket or anything, but... <laughs> <laughs> okay well look let's i'm gonna take your clubbing for track five tell me the song that soundtracked your years clubbing so again you did it to me again i've been clubbing a long time you know i'm 150 years old so <laughs> uh, <laughs> um but when i thought about it to like the biggest times or best times out clubbing is hands up. Yeah. <clears throat> and now, you know, from this interview, you know, being the Virgo and breaking down songs and blah, blah, blah. Um, that was one of those where I was like, damn, he did it. I am jealous of this. He got everybody to do something, not only feel something because the beat is dope, not only sing along, but now everyone's doing something in the club. Yeah. They're putting their hands up. And then he's got, he put in a break, talking about T-Pain, he put in a break that creates that like tension in the room that then explodes when it comes back in. Damn it. I wish I wrote that song. <laughs> and then at the same time, <laughs> you know, it's at the same time, you know, he had me just the same, like as a listener, as a consumer. 
I'm just like in there with my hands up, and I was just like, oh, when that drop comes, I'm like, Woo! oh my god, let's go, let's go, you know. <laughs> and it made, everybody, it made everybody so happy, including me. So that's the biggest one for me from that wonderful, time. Wonderful, wonderful. <laughs> Confidence aside, you've you've exceeded, I'm sure, your wildest dreams in 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 music, and. And that's very difficult, you know, to, to, to have success, you know, any even like the slightest piece of success commercially in, in, in the music industry is so difficult. And you've done it and some. And so aside from the confidence, tell me a little bit, Prince, about your relationship with Drive and how driven you are. Um, <clears throat> I'm very driven. I am almost as driven as you can be driven <laughs> what, what where's the drive come from it is uh part of the drive is my mom and how i saw her maneuver you know she had me quite young and she did all the things that she had to do like a night school and um went and got her accounting degree got a degree in um computer programming um and you know i looked up and we were went from columbus ohio to la because she got a job in aerospace and she was flying a private jet back and forth to work telling guys two times her age what to do and you know she's their boss and i'm just like what the hell i'm from this place in columbus ohio and i'm looking up and you doing all this like it's possible it's uh, anything's possible um you know and that in that realm so uh and then she would always have me in everything and now you know maybe it's to like keep me off the streets and whatnot but i was you know boys and girls club boy scouts um i was doing uh gymnastics i was swimming i was you there okay uh, i was doing uh swimming gymnastics i was doing everything you could do like time is always my time is always filled up with stuff and I was always yeah. doing stuff. And, and I said before, you know, I always feel like everything you need is right there around you. So, um, I've always been active, had an active mind and felt like I could do it. And also looking for that next thing to reference the miles thing. I said earlier, it's like yeah. always looking for that next thing. What could be the fresh new inventive creative, um, thing, you know, I don't like, idle i don't like having idle hands yeah and and i naturally have this like hype uh like moving energy um you know where people think like not because i'm like spastic but people will think like how do you keep going are you on drugs yeah and i'm like i've never done a drug in my life so i'm like no like no no cocaine no blah blah no i'm not on any of that but i'll still stay up until 6 a.m getting a record right yeah or get up at 10 a.m and do an interview in <laughs> for the uk <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah i've always i've always been driven i've always been driven and now what drives me mostly is is love yeah. and it's raising the human vibration it's you know I want to be a great example for my kids. I want to 
um, you know, all the youth people coming up after me, you know, that all drives me. Um, <clears throat> and if I can add this to the situation, um, just recently in July 4th, um, I was sat in my car, uh, parked talking to my friend, um, my ex-girl, uh, Kaylani Rose, and someone came up to my car and shot through the window randomly. Fuck. Um, they barely, I don't know how they missed me. Honestly, the bullet hole was like right next to where my face was and they actually hit, uh, Kaylani in the chest. Um, she's okay. She's alive. Um, and, and doing well, doing quite well. But without all the gory details of that, um, it was like the first thing I thought of creatively was get this Parker Lane album out, yeah. finish all the elements for it, like all the, you know, all the, uh, the clerical stuff, get some kind of detailed things out there, but the world needs to hear this. The world needs to hear it. I don't know if these guys are gunning for me or what. And I want I need I want my kids to have something to hold on to. I want everyone to have something to remember me by. Um, you know, the PTSD mixed with my already drive. Um, you know, had me just like executing hardcore on everything. And I mean, I'm still in that mode, you know, right now. And um, I know I can I can only uh, hope for the best with anything that I put out there. But I know that this this album was done with with purity, um, love, and honesty. You know, all that just those are the ingredients of it. And I think it's my best work ever. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and so, you know, that pushed me to have even more drive, and now is like the foundation of my forward movement. You know. I Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. I think I have like a, a second chance on life. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's, 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 yeah. that's real intense, man. I, I appreciate you showing the, 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 the vulnerability to talk openly about that. I, I thank you very much. Yeah. That's, 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 uh, that's pretty crazy. And, uh, and yeah. yeah, and I guess that's gonna, for anyone, it's like, right. Okay. I've got a second chance at this. I've, you know, smacks it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm going to take 
your eyebrows are like, whoa. Yeah, man. <laughs> I'm going to take you home now. And uh, and I'm going to ask you for track six for a favourite song from an artist from your home county, please. I mean, I just I feel like a broken record, but you did it again. Mm. Favorite song. Um, this was a tough one, but I felt I felt that my final answer was "Ain't No Mountain." I'm Marvin Gaye. Yeah. And Ain't No Mountain is just wow. I mean, how many how many layers are in that that you know, the the love the love layer uh the vocal performance layer the even the sonic elements in the music, like the bells and the and everything, and they I mean down to the tempo. It's like it's almost it's one of those songs where I felt it wrote itself. It was already written, you know. Like you guys found the the sheet music and played it. Yeah. <laughs> it was already written. It's so perfect. It brings everybody together. Everybody feels good when they hear it. It's it's like that same uh, hands up kind of energy where people are like, it comes to the thing, and then everybody screams it. I don't care who it is or where you are. You could be a, a racist shit twat in wherever bumfuck and you're gonna go ain't no mountain high <laughs> yeah. you know you know why because it's, it's joyous it's pure joy that record yeah, yeah pure joy it's so so good it's yeah. so great actually um and uh so yeah that that song from my childhood just it just makes everything shinier sparklier and and brighter like I, when I think about that, and and you know, obviously that come through the, you know the 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 incredible pop machine that was Motown. I mean, Harry important was Motown, you know, for you and is for you to this day. Um, Motown was not important for me back when. Yeah, it became more important as I got older and realized all the things. Yeah. You know, and I, uh, fortunately, R.I.P. Uh, Lamont Dozier had oh, the, yeah. the opportunity to write. Wow. To write and hang with Lamont Dozier. And, you know, hearing his stories and how everything uh, went and went down and whatnot, I definitely got a lot more respect yeah. for. And I know what was happening in, at the higher ups, you know, like. They, no names mentioned in this, but everybody wasn't above board with all the that they were doing, you know. Yeah. And they were just like collecting checks and trying to suppress people and blah blah blah. Um, but the music that came out of it, I mean, wow. Yeah. I had no idea that it was Motown. You know, it's like I was just listening to records. I wasn't on the business side of anything. 
when I was younger. And later you find out like, damn, that's the Rick. Oh, that that's also. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. And then the stories like Lamont would tell me was like, OK, yeah, Motown. Yeah. <laughs> they did like imprint. I, I I actually I have a stamp on my heart for Motown. Yeah, <laughs> a cattle prod. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you, you talk about meeting Lamont, and you you, you spoke about um, Far Side opening for you, and and getting to meet you know people that have have been very influential figures, you know, heroes in in you know in your in your upbringing and and, and your formative years, like. You know, you, you've obviously been around and worked with the, the the biggest and the best. Do you ever get, do you ever get that feeling of like, uh, you know, we, we call it imposter syndrome, where like you just think, shit, how am I here? This is crazy. Look who I'm in a room with. Like, do you ever get them pangs of self doubt? Even though everything you've done warrants your space in that place, but do you ever just get that? Holy <laughs> shit, I'm in a room with blah 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 and blah blah blah. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I I don't really get that, but I did yeah. get it once. Go on. And I was that was when I actually played with Prince, the other the other Prince. <laughs> and, Fucking hell, man! That's insane. Tell, I mean, I mean, I want to get uh, on to the next track, but I want you to tell me uh, about meeting Prince and being around Prince. How was that, man? Oh, it's it's. Uh, Probably not the story that you think I was going to say, but uh, when I met Prince, uh, I was touring with uh, Nika Costa and we played at uh, Paisley Park. <laughs> he was upstairs talking to the band and Nika, everybody but me, I, I unbeknownst to me. And I meet his, uh, his girl, Baby. And so she says... We just meet each other at the top of the stair or bottom of the stairs or something. I'm just hanging. And she's like, hey, yeah, what's your name? And blah, blah, blah. blah. It's like Prince. And she's like, what? She grabs my hand. I'm I'm dangling, flailing in the wind. And she's like pulling me so fast. Go upstairs, bust into the room. Prince has got his back to the door. And she taps him. She goes, she goes, baby, baby, baby. His name is Prince, too. He has his hands behind his back, like turns around, kind of looks over his shoulder, looks at me, doesn't say a word, looks back at the band and continues his conversation. Oh, man. <laughs> and I was like, OK. And then um, and then, I, uh, you know, he saw us play and whatnot. And I think he he developed some sort of respect from seeing us rock it. And then I was on tour with Macy Gray and uh, we did a, a Prince came to the show and then he had his own thing after our show. It was in Chicago. And so I went up on stage and played with him at the after thing. And he's like playing and he's like, looks over at me, like looks out of the side. And I'm like, you know, doing the stabs and then like a little solo and stuff. And he kind of like get looks over and like gives me like a little half nod and then looks back towards the, the uh, crowd. And I was like, OK, I got it. He gave me the he gave me the thing. OK. he, he. <laughs> And so um, and then after after that, you know, like I played with him and saw him a few different times 
I even went to his parties and I would have to say, hey, yeah, Prince is here at the door. And then they have to call him, call whoever. And he'd be like, yeah, cool. Let him in. <laughs> um, Wonderful. Uh, you know what? And actually, James Brown, too. James Brown was a cool one. I wasn't starstruck with James Brown, but I was super, super excited because I love the funk. Yeah. So James Brown was James Brown was the other one, you know. I we did two records together. I played, performed with him, and it was that was classic. It was classic. Yeah. He gave me the thing too. He gave he knighted me. He put the you know he put the thing on my shoulders, <laughs> All right. and he said, "said you got it." He's like, "you got it." So wonderful, wonderful. <laughs> Prince, this is your opportunity for the last track now to turn someone onto something new. And it's a track that you think some of our listeners may not have heard that you would like them to hear. Well, for sure, since it is the biggest thing in my life and I think the best thing I've done in my life, um, it is a track from my new album, my new Parker Lane album. And the song is called How You Feel. And I mean, everyone should listen to all the songs on the new album. <laughs> it's Parker Lane. The album's called Kaleidoscope. Thank you. <laughs> and uh, but this this song, this song, How You Feel in particular, I really explored um, for one with my voice the true tenderness of my voice. And, you know, for anyone who doesn't know what that is or what, you know, what that means, it's like you can basically span the the stretch of like a bass so you can go really low. And then you can also hit out the tenor, altos and sopranos sometimes. So you can span the whole range. And, um, <clears throat> So I made use of that on this record and I really did the low the low stuff first and then I do the same thing and I pop it up to the higher side which a lot of people are like dang like I never hear you sing that low and I love it and then I pop it to the high and like wow you know the brilliance and the the vibration of your voice up there really does something for me you know um and it's not i didn't do it with that intent that was just what the universe called me to do sure um and then afterwards i was like wow this is really great um and i kept the chords relatively simple until the last the outro and just tried to just tell a story and that's what I love about this new folk Americana soul world of mine um, is the ability to just tell stories. Yeah. Um, so I just tell a story. Um, I feel like I use my my voice um, in a you know a great way. I'm playing. I mean, I play keys anyways, but on this particular one, you know, I'm playing Rhodes and. Um, Got my friend Molly Miller on guitar. I have slide guitar on it, pedal steel. Um, I got a 
gospel choir. I got live strings. It's just a thing. And I even referenced Marvin Gaye in, in it, in the, the story of it. So that would be the one that I'd say, like, you know, this is here. Look at me. It's not all shiny, pretty and polished. It's just me. Perfect. We make it easy for mm-hmm. people to go and explore it. We put together a little Spotify playlist featuring all of the songs that you've you've picked today, Prince, uh, and we send it out to oh, the, great. the listeners of this podcast. And we're looking at uh, a, a 2023. It would appear that the, the pandemic is hopefully a, a distant memory now, and, and and normal service is resuming as 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 good as it can be expected. Um, 2023. What are you looking forward to? I think 2023 is going to provide a lot of touring opportunities. Um, and that would be touring opportunities for my project, uh, Funky Mama All-Stars. Um, that's basically me now. I'm funk and folk. Yeah. So I have Funky Mama All-Stars. And then on the folk side, I have the uh, my Parker Lane yeah. world, you know. So I I assume... Actually, this would be the perfect scenario for 2023. It would be to tour with Parker Lane. Parker Lane is the big grandiose, you know, like that's that's what's gonna people cry when they hear this album. Yeah. And then they they smile and they just get giddy and it's like all the levels. So to have Parker Lane on tour, uh do a late night after thing, like the thing I did with Prince and have Funky Mama All Stars perform. Because basically, relatively the same musicians, you know, they're just versatile, and um, and just you know, hit the road, yeah. hit the road, Jack, and then simultaneously get my my TV stuff together, my TV show. I have a facility in Burbank, and it's twelve thousand square feet. I've got Unreal Engine, Black Site, Green Site, White Site. Like I'm, I'm doing the film and TV stuff you know, properly. Um, but I'm finding that the writing world of that is really appealing to me, writing and producing. So to have uh, my TV show out there, at least be getting produced flimsy properly um, and working on a feature film, touring and doing locally, and maybe if touring with that too, my project Flight of Voices. And... And if people want to keep up to speed with all of this, I mean, you've got a busy year planned by the sounds of things. Um, and if people want to keep yeah. up to speed with all things Prince Bold, where's the best place to keep up to speed? Um, that is, that is once again, a difficult question, Stu. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, simple, because you can just go to my thing, right? Prince yeah. Board on everything. Yeah. I'm Prince Board, uh, Twitter, Pinterest.com, Instagram, everything. That's P-R-I-N-T-Z-B-O-A-R-D, Prince Board. Uh, you know, the, the thing that's closest the thing that's closest to my heart at the moment, as I've mentioned, is Parker Lane. So at Parker Lane Music would be the other one. Okay. But you can find that on Prince Board, too. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll tag both things. If it's cool with you, when we put this out, we'll tag both things in that. So if people haven't found it already, they can go and find it nice and easy. Yeah. 
Wonderful. Prince, it's been a real yeah. joy talking Sweet. records with you, man. Thank you so much. Yeah. Likewise, man. Thank you. Don't go it. anywhere. I'm going to press it up. Well, well, well. Prince Bald, what an absolute gentleman. Um, I appreciate the fact he got up nice and early for this one. Um, oh, hanging out with Dozier, hanging out with Prince. You know, he just dropped a few other bits and pieces in there, like just, just playing with uh, CeeLo Green, Macy Gray. I mean, and that's without, you know, really touching on the Black Eyed Peas that have sold a gazillion records. Um, what an absolutely delightful uh, human he was. Um, crazy stories, you know, just from them kind of highs of working with them artists to, to the harrowing story of, 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 of getting shot at recently. I mean, crazy. Did not see that coming. Um, and, yeah, just a... a, 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 a Sounds like a, a pretty tough time growing up in a in a in a rough area, and to to have that realization at such a young age at ten to, I'm not going to stand for this no more. I'm gonna I'm gonna go and walk my own path. Like re- really really interesting stuff. Um, so huge thanks to to Prince for coming on, and uh, yeah, and thanks to you lot for listening. I'll be back next time. In the meantime, go check out that back catalogue, and if you'd like to support us, um, have a look in the show notes because uh, yeah, there'll be a link over there where you can go and. Buy me a cup of coffee, uh, or you can become a patron and get access to loads of other good stuff for $1 a month. Have a lovely week. I'll see you next time. Thanks ever so much. Bye-bye.